Hey everyone, welcome to Community Good. I'm Marnie Andes. This is part two of my conversation with Lori Pace around building your financial legacy. What I love about this part is Lori starts to give you very specific ideas and steps that you can take to invest in real estate and specifically around building equity for yourself where you could start to build your assets for yourself, where you can start to actually become your own bank. But it's really coming down to a mindset. And I love the way Lori frames it up for all of us. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, please do so, because this is part two of my conversation with Lori Pace. Once you get it, it's like you can't unsee it. Once you hear that this can change your life for the better, even when you lose money, as long as you don't quit at that loss and keep going, you will make that money back again. It is inevitable. If you lose money or you lose a marriage or you lose a relationship, there is no guarantee that you will continue to do well in life until you get back up. Real estate's the same way. If you lose money, you have to buy more. You have to buy more. Otherwise, you set yourself back. And the only way to continue to move forward is to make sure that you continuously have it in your life somehow, some way, even if it's a timeshare, whether it's with other people, whether it's with another family, that is ultimately the way to create stability long-term. Many people don't have the luxury of walking into a bank and have a relationship. You don't have to have that relationship once you own property. You become your own bank. Mm -hmm. And that right there is the difference between having privilege and power and taking it on yourself you can wait for all sorts of people to give you an asset. But when you own an asset, you don't have to go to a bank to ask them for a loan to start something. You have your own, your house, your portfolio, your asset becomes your bank. And you can also use that to pay it forward to other people as well. Hence mm -hmm. philanthropy. Right. And it allows people to do things that they couldn't do otherwise. Yeah. I mean, the empowerment piece on this alone, if, if for people to hear... You know, I know they money doesn't create happiness, but it creates the ability to do so many things that can personally fulfill you. And I've, I've thought about that too, even with my nonprofit years ago, when people would ask me like, why do you do this? Why do you, well, personally, I felt, I felt fulfilled by giving back yes. and providing scholarships and doing all these things for other women. But I also recognized that in order for me to be able to do that, I needed to be in a position to be able to yes. do that. So, and you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We have lost a property or at the verge of losing a property because our our tenants knew the system better than I do. So this is the interesting about it. People who have had to move many times because they don't have anything and they are always looking for shelter or they're always on the run or they always chasing the lowest rent. They know the system better than most because they've had to learn how to be able to go from one property. We had a property where we had four tenants in it. It was a fourplex. They got together and they figured out how to work the system so that every time we thought we would be able to be in a position where we were, there was at the time three days pay or vacate, they knew all the loss. And so every time we thought, okay, today's the day that we can get them on a property, the next tenants would extend it. And so... It is a science, but it also is a strategy that can be used on both ends. And even when people are awarded trips, you know, sales trips, you know, companies go to a resort somewhere. Again, real estate. People are using that as an opportunity to extend a privilege, you know, instead of getting a watch. But I talk to women, particularly in the luxury space, which I work with affordable housing and affluent people as well. We love luxury 
for those of us like myself, and you and I met in the pageant world, and I even talk about, you know, just the idea of being a queen. You know, we we were looking after a crown for a title, and I talk about real estate titles. The queens of history were landlords Mm -hmm. and landowners. Now we come all these years later, it was a sense of empowerment. And just like in, for us in pageantry, I learned a lot about organizations and foundations because of the pageants and American Heart Association. Again, it came back to philanthropy and that philanthropy was tied to an endowment. So I had no idea. This wasn't a passion that I wake up thinking about it, but I realize it's everywhere and it's easy to impart that on other people. And it's very infectious, you know, People get this. Once you get it, it's like you can't unsee it. Once you hear that this can change your life for the better, even when you lose money, as long as you don't quit at that loss and keep going, you will make that money back again. It is inevitable. If you lose money or you lose a marriage or you lose a relationship, there is no guarantee that you will continue to do well in life until you get back up. Real estate's the same way. If you lose money, you have to buy more. You have to buy more. Otherwise, you set yourself back. And the only way to continue to move forward is to make sure that you continuously have it in your life somehow, some way, even if it's a timeshare, whether it's with other people, whether it's with another family, that is ultimately the way to create stability long term. Yeah. Well, I think I started to see it early on. So post my divorce, I rented for six months. And I specifically signed a six month lease because I thought there, there's no way I'm giving somebody else money for something else that I could be at least getting a return on. And so bought the home at that time. And I was, you know, I was conscientious about what I was making as a consultant at the time and what I was comfortable in doing being a new single mom. Right. And now fast forward, I've remarried. We're still in the same home but we've bought an additional property. And I think where I'm starting to see the leverage and I, and my mindset has started to change too, which is I need to have these kinds of investments so that one, I also look at it as a retirement. I also look at it as a, what do I give to my children after I leave type scenario. And so I think about properties in that way. And my husband and I now think about, you know, properties in that way. Becomes part of your mind. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm wondering like, For those that aren't still sort of tipping over into that part, like specifically for women, where do you see maybe some of the challenges? I already love the fact that you were like, instead of thinking about worry, think about it as an excitement, but where are some of those things that like we need to address like right now that they get challenged by? So immediately, you know, if you're in a W-2 situation or a job, or even if you're an entrepreneur, knowing that what you set aside, you know, it's no different than tithing in some religions. Putting enough aside for real estate, not even knowing in the future where or what that property will be, if you know you have put that aside, which you mentioned a while ago, you're still in that home. Being in that home for that entire time meant you couldn't sell it along the way. Some people, I'm in a different house about every three years. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's part of my makeup. But by you being in that home, it's safe to say that you've made some money and equity, it's not liquid until you make it liquid. Right. But that has established your credit. And if you do use some of that equity, it's allowed you to either pay for your son to go to college. It allows you to buy the property or it becomes a guarantee for other investments that you do. And so just you staying there is one way of doing it. So somebody getting into a home and staying in the home or using that home to right size and get out into another home. I often tell particularly my 
young women, and I'm, I'm very biased unapologetically with women. And even when I'm working with couples, I talk to them in the way that, and I make sure to say, as a woman, or as a person who identifies as a woman, or just the feminine energy of owning real estate, it is that. If you know how to do this right way, you will never have to look back. And that might be me helping them find a housing grant, depending on their income qualifications. That might be finding the right loan product that allows them to get in and out as an investment property. Or it might be a 30-year mortgage and let's see what else is in your life. Do you have somebody going to college? What happens if you get divorced? What if you happens if you get married? All of those things that are part of the status quo has to be understood that this real estate is going to be a part of that. So whatever it is you're trying, even if you're looking to buy a car, I tell people, let's talk about when you're, you're changing your life from whether it's marriage or getting out of college or taking a gap year, whatever your situation is, is let's talk about how and when you can get into real estate. Does that mean you need a first time buyer's loan? Does that mean that you need to ask for a gift from a family member to get you started so that you have something when you figure out what your career is going to be or you're going to transition out of another career into something else? But it it is the first conversation. But I do start off with saying, what is your life goal just as a whole? Now let's weave real estate into every part of that, every phase of your life from now until literally till death do you part because it doesn't have to happen that your assets stop after you leave the earth. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you do it correctly, you're able to pass it on to your son. You're able to pass it on to your, to family members, or you can gift it to an organization. I'm working with a family right now who lost their mother suddenly. And someone is looking to help them get into an apartment if you put them in an apartment, they'll never be able to benefit from their mom's sacrifice. And we've been working so hard to be able to find the funds to be able to do this for them because that's all their mom wanted. She wanted to change their life and get them into a different neighborhood. And the day before she closed on that property, she passed away. And there was no plan in action because she didn't want to tell her kids all that she did to get that house because it was a sense of shame. All we did was have a conversation. So you should be very proud of what your mom did. Let's keep that legacy. She held it as a secret. Her kids didn't know if she owned it or she was leasing it or anything in between. And now we have conversations. Okay, this is what your mom left you with. She wasn't able to leave the asset, but what can you do to carry on her legacy so all of you as children can now make sure that you do something differently than you did before? I tell kids if they're leaving high school at 18, you can get your license get a real estate license at 18 and you can learn under other people. But if college is not an option or starting a business is not an option, buy your first property at 18 years old, you're paying yourself a commission, game on. Mm-hmm. And then anyone can access real estate. You just need somebody to be able to show you. And that's exactly what I pride myself in doing is showing people at all walks of life, including our unhoused. Once somebody's unhoused and some people call it homeless and they get into a situation where they have a roof over their head, how can they get into a house within a couple of years? Because that will change everything that they went through and reset their life, knowing how to get housing and how to own it, not just have somebody provide it to you. You know, it's the whole concept of you can bring somebody to the water. If you can teach somebody how to fish, whether you're homeless or you have 17 different assets, just knowing what to do with it matters and aligning yourselves with the right people to do it. And there are plenty of people that don't vibe with me because I'm totally biased about working with women. 
but I find ways to say, this is how I can help you work with somebody else. Cause there's, everybody knows a realtor, if I'm honest about it, it's just knowing what kind of person is representing you as a real estate professional, make sure that they're strategic, not just looking at pretty houses, bedroom, bathroom. It's not that, it's not that difficult, but knowing what to do with that asset is crucial. Absolutely crucial. Yeah. Well, you said something at the beginning, which was talking about how, you know, if you look at the history if you just look at the time on this earth and you think about women that were empowered and powerful, they owned land, but they brought that emotional piece to it too, which is, was a positive thing. And I'm, I'm biased too. I, I want women to learn this. This is why yes. I wanted you to have you on the show because I, I absolutely see it as a way in which they can they can catapult forward into so many different things if they can also see themselves as educated to be able to do yes. it. I mean, that's, I think that's the thing when I, when I finally started like pulling back the layers, I was like, this isn't that hard. It's, and some of it's luck. I mean, some yeah. of it is luck. It literally is coming up with enough of a down payment. So let's just talk about the basics, whether it's new construction, you can buy a new construction home today. If you don't have any money in the bank and you could put down a thousand dollars and it takes on average in Colorado, most places about a year for something to build. You have a whole year to get your act together. And just knowing that you've planted a seed for a new home will change how you walk. You will walk with your head up high knowing that at the end of nine months, 10 months, a year, I'm going to own a home. That same couple hundred dollars is what people spend. You know, people use the analogy on a cup of coffee or going on a vacation mm -hmm. You don't have to have the entire down payment. That's the beauty of this. It's a partial, a portion is paid. Even if you have a 30 year mortgage, you're not buying a $400,000 house. You're paying $3,000 a month towards a $400,000. So when you look at it that way and you chunk it out, you only need a couple hundred dollars to get into this game. Leaving with, you always end up coming out with more than what you went into because someone can either buy you out of if you're in a situation or you can sell shares of it, all the different situations. So I tell people, if you don't have a lot of money, you want to get into this, buy new construction. It is the easiest way. You just need to come up with the minimum amount and then you'll work with a lender that will help you get to where you need to be in time, but it forces you to move quickly. It means every month you're thinking about that house is being built. And as you're watching the foundation being built, using that literal term, you are at the foundation of your future. And every month you're not going to buy the extra coffee knowing they're about to put the windows on. They're going to put the doors on. The roof is on. It keeps you focused. Conversely, if you're working with an investment property and you're buying a duplex, I just did this with a young lady. And I always get teary-eyed because I always stay in touch with my clients in a weird way about, okay, how are we using real estate today? She was talking to her fiance and I said, all right, let me talk to your fiance. She's going to own before you ever put a ring on this finger. And it's important that she, and if you want to own as well, that's great, but let's get you a duplex. Mm -hmm. and have one of you on one side. And then if you want to buy the other side from her or rent it out, but promise me you won't put a ring on her finger until she buys first. She was in a position to do so. Six months later, they were able to use that equity to now focus on getting married. And now he can buy a property. So they'll walk into this relationship potentially with three properties that they can use to carry them through in their careers and everything else. And honestly, treat themselves with a really nice wedding because now instead of spending all their money on the wedding and then figuring out how to buy a house later, they're using a portion of their asset to fund a wonderful wedding, knowing that they have an asset 
the cart before the horse situation. But it was a conversation. I said, I'm talking to her right now. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do it in a way that made him feel awkward. It inspired him to say, I love that she's leading this charge. And then they become partners and you show up to a relationship completely different when you're running the show. And she literally... Within months later, she rented out the other side. They're renovating it, and now they're using that to set their future up. Yeah. So we could go into so many different things, and I'm thinking just um, people are going to want to reach out to you without a doubt. You and I are going to continue this conversation too, but a couple things I want to dig into just briefly. Okay. So let's let's imagine a woman who's listening right now. Mm -hmm. She already owns a property. Maybe she's still paying on it potentially. Um. What is your advice to her? Like, what would you say? Are you buying more? What What is she doing at this point if she's wanting to build some of this? It's kind of a loaded question because I'll say this. A woman owning her property by herself or with someone else? She's owning it by herself. It's just, so she's owning it by herself. And let me just say this. If you're owning with someone else, how you hold the property and title, you still have asset access. A lot of people think you have to get divorced before you can take advantage of splitting up that asset. You don't. You can take portions of that and there's ways to do that. But if a woman owns a property right now and and... In most states right now, you're making on average twenty to fifty thousand dollars in equity per year just by the nature of the market. Take some of those funds and use it to buy another property. And the way you do that is you're buying an investment property. Now, in some cases, you can use it to buy a second home, which is different than investment property. So you mentioned before you have a property in another country. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you physically use the funding for that by pulling it out, or they just use the asset to claim that you have money if something went wrong they can pull from it that is a way in which you can do it is figuring out what your equity is in that property if you do not have a ton of equity figure out what other areas of debt you can start paying off so that you can use that asset of the value of the property to be able to do other things with it so that residence that you have there's i can think of very few properties really globally where people are underwater Mm mm-hmm If you are, then figure out what you need to do. If that means making home improvements or if it means selling that property to get yourself into a better asset, which may sound scary. But like I said, when we start to lose money, we buy another property Mm -hmm. because we know that a year's time, nine months time, the day after we close, 185 days is all it takes before you have to refinance. Sometimes you buy a property simply so you can refinance, take the money out and use it on something else. School, car, college, whatever the case may be. So all properties that you own, first figure out how you own that property. Mm-hmm. If you're in a partnership with somebody, have a conversation about how you're holding that asset because you can separate yourself from getting your equity early and using it as you need to, whether it's putting somebody through school, whether it's investing in your own business on the side or whether it's buying something that you think you deserve, a vacation. I use money from a property to go on a girl's trip. I had never gone on a girl's trip. And when I had asked my husband at the time, he's like, we're really not set up like that. We don't have extra money laying around. So it's time for us to buy an investment property. We flip that property and I use that money to go on vacation mm-hmm. because I didn't know where else to get it. I wasn't going to get a raise by the time the girl's trip was going to come. But I knew that if I can make money, then I can go on that girl's trip. And it wasn't a big asset. I just felt like I deserved a girl's trip and it was well worth it. Of course, when I got there, I wanted to do the timeshare presentation <laughs> so I can then turn it into something else. Right. <laughs> right. But I, I mean, it, just even listening to you talk about it, it is just, it is a mindset, but I think what I've, if anything that I've learned from you in a short amount of time 
is that you can do it. It's just it's taking some steps. It's putting some stuff into action. I mean, I am thinking about, you know, someone who, you know, owns a property by herself. What else could she be doing? You know, and I'm just thinking of like, what would be the most, you know, maybe vanilla kind of okay. way to think of it. It's like somebody has a property, they've got a W-2 job and they're trying to think about it. You know, I love the idea of like, they need to like think where else could they leverage that they could invest in something else. Now, my husband and I are in a different situation. So we paid off the house that we're in okay. six years ago. The house in Mexico is paid off as well okay. because the the one thing about that is a lot of the cash speaks loudly right. there. So you yep. wire cash for those properties. So now it's like, okay, now where do we, where else can we invest? And, you know, my husband's a financial advisor. And so yeah. he similarly has these kinds of conversations with people too, yeah. which is like, what's your end goal? So yeah. I know you and I are going to be talking a ton around that. Um, but I think to me, if anything, there's this empowerment piece and I want women to hear this, which is you can take a step. Yes. I, I mean, mean, take a step and get educated. One step, even if, I mean, we live in Colorado, we have the luxury of having vacation rentals, um, which again, understanding where you can get a vacation, buying a vacation rental in Denver versus in Summit County are two different things. And, and any vacation, you can buy a quarter share. What you spend on a luxurious vacation, let's say in the average luxurious vacation, or even just a vacation with your friends, it's a couple thousand dollars between a plane ticket and food and everything else. You can put that same couple thousand dollars in a quarter share of a timeshare in the mountains and still begin to own real estate. It might not all be yours, but it's better than just throwing that money away because on average, everybody throws away a couple thousand dollars a year if you're in a position, even if you don't intend to, you end up doing it. If you just start saying this year, mm-hmm. I'm dedicating $5,000 or $1,200 so that I can find a timeshare that I can even be in one month a year and make money on it all the other months a year. Same is true when people go on vacations. The irony is when you go on a vacation, and this has been my latest pet peeve, you cannot do a vacation rental timeshare presentation unless you are a couple that just goes to speak to how people see real estate I know, and there's so many biases around that um and i joke about it because particularly with same-sex marriages or non-traditional relationships it's not even allowed and so just the mindset about real estate is used to hold people back it's used as a way to have boundaries and it's a, a way to control circumstances. And what you just explained is just knowing the ins and outs of it or someone who can teach you how to get around that. There's always a way to get around it. Yep. But you can start off anybody that can save $1,000, whether that means eating ramen noodles every day for a year or taking the bus instead of putting gas in. If you can save $1,000, whether it's in two months or a year, that is enough to get started. There is no excuse not to get started, whether it is, and I tell this to my younger couples, buy a condo and stay in it for a couple months and then rent it out and then game on. Mm -hmm. Then you can go find, and that might even be a studio. Then you can find a one bedroom or a two bedroom, but start buying something. And even if that means you're still renting an apartment, and then eventually you are getting the rent to pay your mortgage, someone else is still paying your mortgage. So if you have to stay in a rental, whether you're in a lease or you have roommates, still buy something because somebody else can pay that mortgage for you. So there is no reason why anyone, and I mean anyone, does not have access, even if that means getting people together and together collectively you come up with $1,000. Where there's a will, there's a way. And guarantee that if you get into 
buying real estate, once you get started, it's pretty weird that you have to go backwards because when you're in trouble, you now know that there's resources to be able to help you to keep moving forward. Yeah. I want people to talk to you. I, I mean, I really I do. I can't really, wait. really do because <laughs> you hit something that I, I, it didn't even occur to me, which is kind of interesting considering what we were talking about. What you talked about, about like the timeshares piece. So we, we also have a timeshare. So here's the, the homes in the Baja. We finally bought a home. Because we'd, we'd had a timeshare and we just loved the area. And and what finally became apparent was we just need to have a place there. Now, can we rent it out? Yes, we do. We VRBO it now. The first year I just wanted to love it and not have yeah. anybody else get to love it. And so I just decided, you know, like the first year we're not going to do that. But then we decided we're going to VRBO it. So we see it as also as our, a revenue generator as well. But what's so interesting, and I think this is why women need to hear this they need to talk to you so that they can get educated as well. If they're if they're even worried in the slightest about taking some of these steps, it is the system has been like that where it brings people people backwards. And I experienced it myself. What was interesting when we were at the timeshare because they're always trying to upgrade you to of the next timeshare, which we've already said like twenty twenty eight. This thing runs out. We're done with that because now we have a different property. But I remember they wouldn't let me go on it without my husband. Yep. <laughs> and my husband finally came down and actually talked to them and just said, she's making the financial decisions. Because <laughs> they always she assume. She <laughs> is making the financial decisions. And I remember we talked to another place, which we will not invest in because of this reason, but it was a similar case. And, you know, I I want women to hear that. It's like, listen, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to sit here and say, all these things will be easy. But I do think they have to work with the right person. They need to work with someone like you. They need to they need to understand like it can be straightforward for you, but recognize the fact that you might run into these things and then equip yourself with the right person, the right expert, the right knowledge about how to move forward. And I'll tell you, this does have a happy ending. I will say this because the property that we ended up investing in, you have to be lucky too. You said that earlier and I do feel lucky. The fact that, we got in at a time when, you know, I'll just say the universe was looking out for me. And I messaged this builder. It's a female-owned builder. Yes. She can sometimes, I think, rub people the wrong way. But Usually I, when we're handling business, we are I, rubbing people the wrong I way. And I like her because yes. I finally just said, no, this is a person. She's a businesswoman, yes. you know, whatever we, if we have differences, what whatnot. But at the end of the day, Mm-hmm. You know, I even told her after after being in the home and after I published my book, I signed a book for her and I said, I did mention this in the book and you made this dream a reality. So I do think that there's, I it's, think there's power in the fact that we're educating yes. one another and giving I mean, each other a chance. I mean, real estate is fairy dust. I mean, I went on a vacation, my first solo trip, I was turning 50 and, and I knew that this year would be a lot of changes. And my, again, areas you don't think about, my cousin buys hotels through timeshares with other women. She was at a women's a conference for women buying hotels. Hadn't even thought about buying a hotel. So when I went to Jamaica, I stayed at a resort that was owned by a woman. It's 30 individual villas that are one hotel on the beach. Hadn't even thought about that. So when you start talking to people, it is amazing what women have done. Every single world leader, and this is one of the weird facts that I know, every major woman that is a world leader today, and there are plenty in other countries that have prime ministers, we're still the ones that not, Mm -hmm. all have real estate. 
have some connection to real estate that allow them to be in a position of power. And I'm going to repeat the word power. Property brings power. How you use it, where it's political, whether it's in the bedroom, wherever the case may be, it brings power. There is nothing else on the planet. Planet being the ultimate real estate. Our earth from sustainability and everything in between, it all ties down to it. It's just knowing who to get the information from. I'm constantly asking people, how did you do that? I ask my colleagues. I work with colleagues that own lots of real estate. I've worked with colleagues that have lost their shorts because of real estate. And I'll say, what did you do wrong? I did the same thing when I got married. I talked to people that had been divorced. I said, in the event, I want to know what worked, what didn't work so that I can be aware. So I think when it came to the point that I was getting a divorce, it wasn't scary because I went into it like I would with a real estate transaction. What is the exit strategy? If there is no need for an exit strategy, and like my parents, you're married for 50 plus years, then you know how to build on something that's working. But if it's not working, you know, need to know how to build on something that's not working. And real estate is lucky. The good thing is once you start getting into it, some of it is intuition. When you think back to what your dad was worried about, he was worried about it because he probably didn't know the benefits of it. Over time, as you started, after your first closing, you're a changed person. The minute you have that closing, and I do this, I have people bring their kids to closing so their kids can see the look on their parents' face. The moment you become a homeowner or a landowner, you are a changed person. And when your kids see that look in your eyes, there is something different about you. And kids start to see it and they start asking questions. So part of what's happened for you over time is intuition. And then you married somebody that was in the world of finance. You just start surrounding yourself with people that understand more than you understand. And that's the benefit of this. Never feel that you're insecure around someone who knows more than you lean into them. And sometimes people will share information. Others will hold back because they know that is your power. Once you have a woman who has real estate, she is unstoppable. I mean, literally unstoppable. It is a cape that is becomes your armor because it is your leverage and it allows you to do things that you didn't even know were possible. The things that you can do at that point, it's literally the world opens up for you at that point and then you start to just do things differently and you end up having a little bit more swagger because you know it doesn't matter what people say or what they do, you have something and you own something that no one else can do anything unless they go through you first. Yeah. Oh, Lori, I would love to just we could do this all day. Like we could absolutely <laughs> do this all day. And we'll get to that point where you can share some more information about how people could get in contact with you. And I'm not kidding. You and I are going to have it's exciting. the conversation. I am excited. I get I get I get so energized by this because the idea of the empowerment piece that let's let's take care of some things so that you can do all these other things you really, really want to do. But I want to transition okay. to the thing that I ask every single guest on the show, okay. which is for you to have the time and space to share a life lesson that has had impact on you that you want to share with the audience now. You know, this life lesson literally is happening as we speak. As I mentioned before, my family dynamics have completely changed. You know, I no longer have my mother who is my go-to or uh, my best friend and or husband who has still become a friend or my kids who rely on me every day. You know, one's in college, one's about to go to college. This is the first time in life where I have to literally look out and see whatever I do is on me. And that's something that I didn't think would be a badge of honor. That seemed like a burden 
my entire life, even going back to the Barbie days. I didn't want that responsibility because I was told that it was a burden. Just in the last month, I realized that this is a privilege, one that came with a lot of heartache and a lot of wins and a little bit of both. But I realized in this moment, I talk a good game. And I thought I knew what it would feel like, just like I didn't know what it would feel like to buy my first property. I didn't know what it felt like to be an independent woman proudly. Now, some people actually look at that as negative, like being an independent woman is negative. You don't hear people talking about independent men being. It's kind of natural to be an independent man. But then you talk about an independent woman. We actually have to have a title for it. I have to now say that I'm financially independent or I'm socially independent or I'm an independent woman or I'm not married or I'm not a mother. My life lesson is if you can learn at an early age that you are your keeper, you are your provider, you are your nurturer, you are everything and the decisions that you make impact others. But if you truly know who you are, Part of that is yourself, your vessel. You are the property of yourself. And I just realized that my life lesson is that I can do anything. I mean anything as long as I can create some stability. And for me, that stability is I'm paying homage to real estate right now. I'm paying homage to the man who said to me, hey, now mind you, he was talking to my husband when he said, let me show you how to make money. I just happened to be in the room. And if he didn't show me how to do that, I would be a mess, right? I have every reason to be a hot mess under the covers right now. The opposite is true. I'm like throwing back the covers and like, let's go. Because I just became empowered by the fact that I'm independent. I mean, I didn't realize how many songs were there for independent women until I started Googling it. I've created a soundtrack this week because I just feel so empowered by myself. For years, I've been going to seminars for other people to empower me. I wake up like, oh, I'm empowering myself and it feels so great. And I just want every woman, particularly women and every little girl to know that you can empower yourself. And when you're discouraged, find someone to lean on because those women that I leaned on, including, I have five mentors, two who I selected and the other three who said, let me take you along. But those mentors were women who helped me. And I have a male in all of that that also mentored me, but he mentored me to be a stronger woman, even though it was coming from a man. So my life lesson is just empower yourself and not in a cliche, corny kind of way, like for real, real, like empower yourself to do what you know that you're capable and what you don't even think you're capable of doing. Well, I, I love every bit of that. I'm going to probably replay that a number of times over and over. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that's a big piece of this. I, I, you're empowering women, and I know that people are going to want to get in contact with you. Yes. So where can they find you? You know, interesting, because I'm always evolving, it's very simple. It's uh, uh, loripace.com, and, and I joke and say pace, like the picante sauce, hot and spicy, <laughs> whereas now I just talk about it. It's just, I did it that way, and I did it, and this is kind of a funny story, and it's a short one, is when I was getting married, we were sitting in a um, Bed Bath & Beyond, and there was a registry, and there were all these items that had nothing to do with what we wanted. And I, and he said, Lori Pace, and he gave me, you know, the wedding day. There were three other Lori Paces being created on that same wedding day. In that moment, I bought that domain name and I didn't know that what it would represent was all my lanes 
from married to divorce, to being a mother, to being a realtor, to being a consultant, diversity inclusion, it's all under this one umbrella because I realized then the real estate of my name was invaluable. So no matter what I'm doing today or tomorrow, it's always going to be lauriepace.com because I'm bringing all my life experiences to everything that I do. And so what you see on the website today may vary next week. And that's very intentional. I am constantly evolving. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Well, yes. no one's going to forget that one then. LoriPace.com. It's so easy. And I'm so corny. When I went to Instagram, which I barely know how to use, my kids were like, mommy, there's like 70 Lori Paces. And so I'm the Lori Pace. Barely even know how to use Instagram, but I'm the hey, Lori Pace. But you're the Lori Pace and you are the Lori Pace. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty funny. There's many of us, but I'm the Lori Pace. Well, so, yes. I am so glad that you were here. Thank yes. you so much for spending time Thank and, you. and sharing all the knowledge that you have gathered. And gained and and been able to share with others. And you know, I I jokingly say we met through pageantry. I am not a pageant girl, and I think you've said the same. We're not. There's no stereotype, but it's amazing the the fellowship that comes through it. And I wore the dress that you wore. And who would have thought all these years later that we would be sharing this conversation? And there's something beautiful about what that pageant has done for all the women in my life, including the fact that. When I was talking about crowning moments and I didn't know that was going to be the beginning to something great that would lead me to this point now. So I'm grateful for the pageant world for it and and things that have changed in the pageant world. It's completely different, but it brought us together. So it was well worth it. Yeah, I'm grateful for it too. Yes. So thank you so much for thank joining. Thank you.